Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson 18, Praying for Others, How to Pray for Your Family. Uh, And that if you are fairly new to us or just getting back after a while, we are doing a study of prayer. This is lesson number 18. Uh, Although we've had to break a few lessons in half and do two lessons out of one lesson, but uh, that's just how study goes. Uh, But we are going to study tonight, lesson 18, that the uh, general heading of this study is praying for others. And the specific heading for tonight is how to pray for your family. If any of you do not need to pray for your family, you are excused. You may go, but I don't think I'm going to have any takers because all of us need to pray for our families. We love our family. We love our children, our grandchildren, uh, and our extended family. And certainly we want to provide for our family. We want to provide homes. We want to provide food and clothing and education and a stable place in life. Uh, Praise God if you grew up in a stable home. Because as Amy reminded us tonight, there's a lot of instability in homes around us. Right in our own community, there's so much instability. Uh, Personally, that's been one of my my key desires of life was to provide a stable home uh, for Gwen, for my children, now for grandchildren, uh, so that they can say, you know, looking back on, on the days, that was a good time, and we enjoyed being together. Most importantly... The Lord Jesus was part of our home. There's the pinnacle, there's the victory of a stable home, is Jesus Christ being a part of that home. But the question remains, what is the most important thing we can do for our family tonight? And the answer to that, uh, one of the primary answers is we need to constantly pray for our family. We need to be people who are on our knees for our families. Pray for them. Parents as leaders of the family, we need to pray that we can leave a legacy for our family, for the youngsters that are coming along and the grandchildren that are coming along, seeking God's will and plan for our family. And and the long-range goal is this. It is my personal goal, but it's also, I believe, God's long-range personal goal for the family, and that is that we leave of legacy that our family will continue to live on in Jesus Christ because we live for him. Because you and I set some footprints that our family continue to follow even when we are off the scene. I love a verse of the Bible. I like a lot of verses of the Bible. But one verse that I come across so very often, there's a psalm that I use in a lot of funerals. Uh, And that is Psalm 103. And part of that, it begins, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. Then further down, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. Uh, He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And, of course, one of the greatest verses in the Bible is, is, As far as the east is from the west... So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. A great prophecy of the ultimate 
removal of our sin through Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But here's the verse that really grabs me. Every time I open Psalm 103, this verse gets me and holds my attention, and, and it has become really a life verse for me. It's, it's verse 17 of Psalm 103. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. I love that verse because it sets a real bar for me and for all of us when you and I pass on godliness and love of Jesus Christ to our family, long after we are gone from the earth, God continues to honor our family with righteousness for generations. Isn't that an amazing thing? If you and I live for the Lord Jesus, He will honor our family with righteousness to our children's children. And I believe that that is symbolic for on down the generations to come. He will honor our life in our families. He will use our life in our family. That's quite a promise. Don't miss it. And we need to concentrate on living it. So not only do I have a commission to live uh, for the Lord, I, I have a commission to leave a legacy. So do you. For the Lord Jesus, not only in our families, but for those around us. That we make a mark on our community. So if tonight your family is small uh, or you're single, don't think that this is not about you. It's about every one of us, whatever our life situation might be. We are to leave a legacy that others can follow Jesus, follow to Jesus through our footsteps that we have set. Even when we're gone off the scene, children's children can be affected. I love that thought and I love that promise. So tonight, we're going to specifically talk about how we pray for the family. This, of course, the skeleton for this comes out of the book of prayer uh, written by Ronnie Floyd, who is, uh, uh, has been a great Southern Baptist uh, preacher, but he's also on the administrative upper levels of the Southern Baptist Convention now. So, Specifically looking at how we pray for our families. There are four ways that we can pray for our families. If you're, if you're taking notes, this is where you, you can really start. First, we pray for the general daily needs of our family. One great general need is for spiritual protection. You know, in the world, there, there are many, many lost people in the world who give their families wonderful things. You know, the, 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 the biggest house and the best clothes and great food and uh, an education. Uh, the, the lost world considers giving their children the best as being a great thing. But often, the lost world allows the children to die spiritually. I'll have to tell you, I have to tell you this, uh, in one sermon, my grandson Noah was here, and, and I was preaching that very point, and I said, so many people allow their children to spiritually starve, and Noah looked up his mom and said, you know, I am hungry, <laughs> but there are a lot of children with spiritual hunger, hunger that is not satisfied, hunger that is not met. And those children grow through childhood and teen years and into adulthood 
never having any spiritual nourishment. And it's the failure of the family. Uh, And I don't mean to throw rocks at the lost. We need to be reaching the lost. But as we draw them in, we need to draw the family. We need to to help them understand that they need to take care of the spiritual needs. You just don't provide the material needs or the educational needs. You need to provide spiritually for your family as well. So, you know, uh, since Carrie and Gabe were little ones, and that's been a long time now, over 30 years ago, uh, a picture has hung up in our upper second floor where they had bedrooms. And it's the father, maybe you've seen this picture before, I think it's a rather common picture, but it's a father whose little boy is, I think it's a boy, lying in the bed, sound asleep, and the father is on his knees, slumped over that child, praying for him. Well, sometimes that's, that's the best time to pray for your children when they're, when they're slow enough and, and quiet enough that you can have a prayer over them. Uh, and I know many of you can identify with that. But we need to provide, we need to, we need to pray for our families and pray for their protection and pr- pray for their general spiritual needs as well as their material needs. Okay, secondly, we are to pray for our family's personal walk with God. And when we say that, as Ronnie Floyd says in his book, it's not just, Lord, pray, I'm praying for my family that they spiritually come to know you. But Ronnie Floyd says, when, when we say that we want to pray for our family's personal walk with God, well, every person has a different walk with God, right? So that means you can't just do this general bless my family prayer if you really mean that. That means in your prayer time, you're lifting up your family each one individually, separately, by their name, by their personality, uh, and, 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 and pray for each individual person in your family for their personal walk with God. Uh, and your prayers are going to be different for your babies and for your teenagers and for maybe a, a son or daughter who's off the path, maybe one who needs to be saved. So you are praying for the spiritual welfare of your family, but you're lifting them up one by one according to their personality and their age and their need. Uh, that's the second way we, we, we need to do that. Now, as you pray individually for your family, uh, you pray for their specific needs. Maybe it's a healing, success in school, or coping with a problem, or celebrating a joy. But... Let me ask you this. Uh, this is not. This is uh, attached, but this is my note here to myself and uh, to bring this up to you. How does the Bible give us instruction to pray? If we're to be praying for our families, for their well-being, for their spiritual well-being, how does the Bible instruct us to pray? It really doesn't have a section in it where it says, "Pray A, B, C, D, and you'll have a good prayer." That's not how the Bible teaches us to pray. You know, Jesus' prayer, as I qualified it this past Sunday, we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's actually the people's prayer because it's our model for prayer, our Father who art in heaven. It's our model for prayer. Uh, But he says, pray in this manner. Pray like this. So Jesus really doesn't give it an A, B, C, D, here's the way you, you have to pray. But he says, pray like this. Here's the framework. Here's... Uh, here's the way that you need to structure your prayer. And as we break down the Lord's Prayer, and that might be a healthy Bible study one night, 
we can see the different avenues that Jesus covers within his own prayer that he teaches us as a model prayer. But largely, the Bible teaches us to pray by quoting the prayers of great servants of God. I want to give you a couple examples that have touched me over the years. I love, you don't have to turn there. Let me just read you a portion of it. I love the prayer, Solomon's prayer in 1 Kings chapter 3. Uh, as Solomon prays, he is taking over the kingship from his father David. And so as he's assuming the throne, he's praying before God. Actually, uh, here's, here's how it comes about. Uh, in verse 5, this is in 1 Kings chapter 3, and we're going to move from 5 on forward a bit. But it says, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. So here we have Solomon asleep. God appears to him in a dream, which is very common in the Old Testament, uh, and says, Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. Ask me for what you want. And so Solomon replies to him in this vision that he has within his sleep. And, and I see this as a prayer. This is speaking directly to God. Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him his great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. That's speaking of himself. And now, O Lord my God, here's, here's the moving part of this prayer, verse 7. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen of great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give, therefore, thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? I am not wise. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to lead. Lord, I'm asking you, I'm nothing but a little child. I have so much to learn. And so I'm surrendering to you that you would teach me the things I need to know so that I can judge this and be a king to these people. And if you remember, God replied to that saying, you know, you didn't ask for a long life, and you didn't ask for great riches, you didn't ask for great fame, you asked for surrender. And I'm going to give you a lot of riches, and I'm going to give you a long life, but I'm also going to answer your prayer. Uh, I love that prayer. So we see in that, I see in that a great model prayer where we need to say, Lord, I, I, I just need your help. Because I don't have the wisdom to know how to go forward from this point. I think most of us find ourselves in those positions every now and then. And we just need to surrender to his leading. Uh, another great prayer, of that's, it's the closing verses of the little book of Jude. Of course, there, there is no chapters in Jude because there's only one chapter, so to speak. So Jude, the very last two verses of the little book of Jude says this. And this is a benediction. This is a prayer. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling... And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I, I love that prayer. I love that benediction as it 
closes this little book. Uh, another great prayer, this is the last one, but I want you to turn with me on this one if you would. Get to your Bible. Go to First Chronicles. And you probably know where I'm going when you hear First Chronicles. Go to chapter 4 in your Old Testament. First Chronicles chapter 4. This is the prayer of Jabez. You remember that prayer? I actually preached a little sermon series on the prayer of Jabez some years ago. Uh, a man of integrity. Uh, and this prayer is in an interesting place in the Bible. If you've turned to that passage, if you look around on these pages, you're going to see the family lineages of, of Jacob, whom God renamed Israel, the sons of Jacob. You'll see Caleb's family and David's family and Judah's descendants, a name after name after name after name. That's what you're going to see in this section of First Chronicles. And yet, sitting like an island in the sea, of all these names, and that's all there, there are, there's just names, names, names in this section of all the descendants of Jacob through his 12 sons. Actually, two of them are not mentioned in this series. Uh, but in the, in the middle of all of these names, there is this little island sitting in the middle about Jabez. Uh, he is a descendant of Judah, which means he is of direct lineage to Jesus, the, the line of the tribe of Judah. So he is in Jesus' direct family lineage. Uh, and his prayer is in First Chronicles chapter 4. But let's look at verses 9 and 10. 10 is actually the prayer. But just, just, just uh, take a look here. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. We don't know what that means. He may have had some problem at birth or it was an extremely painful birth. We don't really know why he was born with sorrow. There's no answer to that. And yet he grows to be a great man. Notice it says he's a very honorable man, standing head and shoulders above his brethren in Israel. But look at verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, and here's the prayer, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Four basic points. And all of this is going to tie together here, although I can see right now we'll never finish this lesson tonight. But all of this is going to tie together about praying for those people who are closest to us. Four basic parts of this prayer. First of all, he says, bless me indeed. You can, you can unselfishly pray that prayer. Bless me, Lord, indeed. Indeed means abundantly. Lord, bless me. Give me your blessing and your leading abundantly. Pray blessing indeed on your family. Tonight, when you pray for your family, don't just pray for God to bless your family. Pray God to pour unlimited blessing on your family. That's the prayer that Jabez prayed. We can pray that prayer for our family. You don't have to limit God's blessing that he wants to, pray, to pour on your family. So don't just simply ask God to be good to us, but rather bless us as we strive to love you and serve you. Bless us abundantly. The second part of the prayer, Jabez prays to enlarge my coast. He's not asking for more land, but rather he is asking for more godly influence in the midst of his people and in the midst of his own family. 
Lord, give me influence in my family. Certainly in his little nuclear family of mom and dad and children. But in the larger family of the people of Israel, give me influence. Allow me to stand for you. So we can pray for our families that through our family's love of God, our families can go out into the world to reach the world for Jesus Christ. Pray for a godly influence in your family that your family will touch the world for Jesus Christ. How important that is. Uh, We're not asking for more for us. We're asking as a family to do more for the Lord. Pray for your family to have that kind of influence in this world. The third part of the prayer, Jabez prays that your hand might be with me. This is leadership. Pray that our families will not follow the world with its passing families, uh, uh, fancies and changing doctrines. The world is so misleading to our families and leads them off course. But pray for our families to follow God's hand of leading. Because if he leads us, he will also protect us. So tonight, as you pray for your family, pray for God's leading on your family as Jabez prayed. And then finally, fourthly, Jabez prayed, keep me from evil. Uh, what a need to pray over our families. We're living in evil days. And the days are not going to improve, I don't believe in the least, in this world. In fact, according to Daniel's prophecy, every day is going to get worse. Uh, so we know that our families are living in hard times uh, and this world can easily lead people astray. Uh, and that's true now. I think it will be more true even in days ahead. Uh, our families can fall into pathways and habits and practices of evil. And so we need to pray for God's protective hand on our families to keep us from the evil one. And, and ask him to wrap his protection around us. It's a very important prayer for our family. Well, that's where we'll stop tonight, looking at... Jabez's prayer and how we're to pray for our families. So we have roughly 13 minutes uh, of time for prayer, and uh, we're going to start with prayer tonight and just ask God to bless us. Pastor Clyde, you jump in whenever you're ready. But uh, I'll start us off, but let's, let's have the floor open until Pastor Clyde begins. Uh, if you'd like to lead us in a moment of prayer, please do. It doesn't have to be fancy or long, but let's pray together. Let's start right now. Lord our God, tonight, our emphasis is praying for those people in our lives who are closest to us, who are most important to us. And, Father, we know that our family is certainly part of that circle, the main part of our circle, Lord, are the people who have such a part of our lives. As we look at the prayer of Jabez, Father, we pray that you will bless our families beyond measure. Father, we don't pray that you bless us with worldly things or with uh, excessive money. But rather, Lord, we pray that you will give us your blessing beyond measure. Uh, we pray that you will bless us, Father, not simply being good to us, but we pray, Father, that you will bless us with your love and that we might serve you in a great way. We pray that you will enlarge our coast as a family, Father, that when the world sees our families, they will see the presence of Jesus there. And just as Jabez stood head and shoulders above the family, of Israel as an honorable man, Father, I pray that we will have honorable families, families that love you and families that stand for you. I pray, Father, that you will bless us, increase our 
coasts of service to you and our influence there. I pray, Father, with this prayer that your hand would be upon us in leadership. We pray, Father, that our families will surrender to your leading as we live for you. And, Father, we do pray your protection over our families. Pray that you will bless us, Father, in a, a very evil world, in a world that so easily and often walks away from you. But our families, Father, I pray through Jesus Christ will want to stand for you as leaders of the family, moms and dads and grandparents and people who are important to our families. I pray that we will pray for and ask for your leadership as we teach that to our children and grandchildren. But, Father, we pray for your hand of leading on our families that we will take a godly stand for you in this world. Lord, we love you tonight. We have many prayer concerns to lift before you, but we pray that you will bless us as we take our stand for you and as you pour your love and your blessing and your grace upon us in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.